Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about rules of thumb. And we've had podcasts on valuations, and one of the methodologies is the market method, which compares past sales, multiples of earnings, and percentage of sales to the sale price. And it's really one of the most reliable approaches to valuation. And what eventually comes out of those data points is rules of thumb. Right. So Ron is going to talk about a little bit of the history, like you mentioned, Andy, but these rules of thumb are backed up by statistical analysis of deals that have closed in specific industries. And although we talked about a lot about what a typical valuation looks like on our valuation shows, a reminder, it was two times SDE or seller's discretionary earnings. You do see some variations industry to industry based on what people are desiring in the market, also what's going on in that industry. Some industries may be growing or declining, and you see that reflected in these rules of thumb. Right. And you mentioned Ron's name. And Ron West is with the Business Brokerage Press, and they come out with an annual book, sort of the Bible of the rules of thumb, and it's called the Business Reference Guide. They also have an online version. And it was started by Ron's family, his dad, specifically Tom. And what they used to do is they gathered rules of thumb from business brokers that specialized in certain industries. And Tom West is a legend in our industry. And he would compile these rules of thumb, like multiple of seller's discretionary earnings, or SDE as we call it, or percentage of sales to price, and you could use that to estimate a business's value. But not only that, he'd also gather industry benchmarks like cost of sales, uh, percentage of rent, uh, you know, like in, in restaurants, food costs, labor costs. He'd also pick up anomalies, like when inventory is included or not included. So there's a lot behind our abilities to use these rules of thumb. Right. And so we thought we would give you a few examples and talk through a few industries today and just some rules of thumb and multiples that we've seen in specific industries and why. Obviously, we can't cover everything today, but we do have a handful of interesting industries that you should watch if you're in that industry or looking to acquire a business. Yes. And again, anyone at Transworld can pull up these statistics and reports and provide them to you. But understand that the data is not absolute. And the resulting values are subject to, you know, basically adjustments out there in the world. It's more of a sanity check to, you know, the tried and true business valuation methodologies. Let's take a look at the first one, beauty salons. If you have a salon located in one of the nicest boulevards in your city, say like Fifth Avenue or here in Fort Lauderdale, Los Olas Boulevard or Rodeo Drive in Hollywood, You just can't compare that to a salon that's located in a very rural area. But again, it's a great benchmarking tool. So what does it say about beauty salons, for instance? 
Right. And for instance, like you said, Andy, this is just an average or a range that could be expected, but the average beauty salon sells for two times SDE, as a reminder, that's seller's discretionary earnings plus inventory on top of that. Or another metric you could look at is a percentage of annual sales, which the average beauty salon will sell for 35% of their annual revenue, excluding fixtures and um, inventory as well. And like you said, again, average rule of thumb, it doesn't apply to every situation and every business is a little bit different, but it just gives you an understanding of what the average business in your industry would sell for, for, like you said, a sanity check. Yeah, I think 35% is a tad high from what we've seen here in South Florida. We've seen more like 25%, but maybe up to 35%, but, you know, kind of infrequently. But we've noticed all kinds of trends in the salon industry that affect value, like the owner's uh, actual participation in cutting hair on a daily basis, or are they just renting chairs to independent workers? You know, and there's a lot of variables in this category. That's a great one. But what about something more generic like distribution? Like I'm looking at the distribution rules of thumb right now, and you're looking at 2.75 and 3.75 times SDE. And it does, again, say plus inventory. And we usually include inventory in the deal. So that could be up to three to four times SDE. And there's also another data point that says 60 to 65% of sales plus inventory. And of course, there's always uh, EBITDA multiples that people start running into. So that's three and a half to four and a half times EBITDA. And as you can see, something like distribution is selling for a higher multiple and a higher percentage of sale. And, you know, you're like, why? Well, because it's highly desirable. People love distribution because it's a business that's like five days a week and has reliable earnings, et cetera. Right, and there's a large market of buyers for those uh, for those businesses. And just like any other market, it's supply and demand. So if, if you have more demand in an industry, the multiples are gonna be driven up. And you will see these rules of thumb and these multiples change over time during different economic cycles and different trends. Um, you know, another one that we had up too is insurance agencies and brokerages, which are very popular for sale right now. And there's a, there's a large buyer pool for them. Um, and we're seeing, according to the rules of thumb, insurance agencies are selling between four and six times times SDE, um, which is much higher than the average two times multiple that we talked about on our valuation show. Yeah. And it will actually sell for 150% to 200% to commissions, you know, annual commissions. And it does depend on what kind of insurance lines they have, what companies they represent, uh, if they're a franchise, what, what are their concentration of sales, uh, you know, to like health insurance or PNC or life insurance. And there's all kinds of things that affect the value. And of course, how big the book is, at, you know, it's annual commissions. Right. And these multiples, I mean, four to six times is still a wide range. So keep in mind, you know, there's a lot of different, like you're talking about, Andy, qualitative factors that go into what the multiple is for your business. And, you know, a business that is at four times, it is, could be worth significantly less than one that's listed at six times based on lines of business or recurring revenue and things like that. Right. And another industry we're seeing a lot of trading in but is high in competition right now, and it may even be driving down some of the multiples, is the fitness industry. The fitness industry has been popular for years, and things that are very important to the buyer is the monthly 
ACH draft amounts, you know, how much they're getting from their membership contracts and they have. So one of the metrics out there is 12 times that monthly number as a value. And then the other metric is 70 to 100% of annual sales, which is about the same number. But sometimes gyms will have other revenue sources like smoothie bars or clothing or they sell supplements that would not be part of that monthly recurring revenue number. And also, of course, you know, it's two to three times SDE. And, you know, like we said, some things are hotter than others, right? Right. And like specifically with fitness centers, I mean, there's a lot of them for sale right now. So you're almost, at least, uh, especially out in Denver, you're seeing an opposite effect out here. So there's more supply than there is demand. So we're seeing multiples driven down a little bit. So even though this is the average nationwide, something could be going on in your marketplace to change what that valuation would look like. And the other thing to note, I think with fitness studios too, is sometimes actually the hard assets are worth more than whatever the SDE number would be with the, the multiple, especially in a fitness studio that isn't doing particularly well at the time. Yeah, we see a lot of that. And it's really hard when they open up a large gym with like millions of dollars of equipment and they're not making money. You know, that's certainly a tough situation. But some of these smaller franchise units are selling and they're very popular. I've been working with something like Massage Envy and they're selling like for a big multiple. And people love that re- recurring revenue model, as we said before. So I've seen them sell for a very high valuation, like 75% of annual revenues. Right. Yeah. Recurring revenue is a, is a huge theme right now for something that buyers desire. And I know in future shows, we were actually going to go through those top 10 things that buyers are looking for in a business. Um, but recurring revenue is not everything. There's some industries that are kind of stayed and true that really have higher valuations than are typical and, and are also, you know, all a uh, are also a business that buyers are always looking for. And one of those is daycare centers and um, children's um, daycare is one of the big industries that we always have a good pool of buyers for. But the average multiple you see in that industry is two times seller's discretionary earnings, which includes inventory, which some of these these facilities don't have a ton of inventory, um, or also like 55 to 60% of annual sales as well. Yep. And another great inventory we see often is sign companies. Independent sign companies sell for two and a half times SDE, which includes inventory. And the other metric is 48% to 50% of annual sales. And we see a lot of that 50% number in certain industries. And again, we're near that two times multiple that we said on our earlier valuation podcast. And we were just talking about franchises, right? Like Massage Envy. And some franchises actually add value to a business. So one of those is sign companies, right? Right. So in Signorama, um, which is a franchise that's actually affiliated with United Franchise Group, who we're also part of, um, they get a little bit of a bump. So annual sales, it'll sell for 55 to 60% of the annual sales in a Signorama versus, what did you say, Andy, was 48 to 50% on a non-franchise sign shop. So yeah, those franchises should be adding value to um, your sales price when you go to sell or exit the business. Yep. And we see other industries out there with different rules of thumb, like technology companies. Those numbers can vary widely depending on the size of the company and what kind of intellectual property they have. But you're looking at, you know, three to seven times EBITDA, but it could get really crazy if they have some sort of proprietary software or they have a great, you know, SAS uh, software as a service model. And we're seeing all kinds of things out there. Right. Right. 
So I guess the overall message is that there's still that average two times seller's discretionary earnings on valuations of companies, but it does fluctuate based on industry, based on like we've talked about in the past, the quality and quantity of your earnings um, to determine whether it's a Main Street deal or it's an M&A deal. So there is a range of valuation. And really the best way to understand that is to meet with a business broker or business intermediary that has access to these comp reports and these databases that can tell you what businesses like yours are selling for in the marketplace. Yeah, these rules of thumb are gathered not only by experts, but some of the data points that have been gathered from data sources. And Ron, you know, will explain that in his interview that they've taken these rules of thumb to the next level by actually importing real data points, comparing it to the rules of thumb and making the necessary adjustments. It's a, he's really done a great job with this. But remember, if we're starting by multiplying SD by two or three, and if you start this process by doing a recast of the financials to derive SDE and you do that wrong, you know, the mistake is now multiplied by two or three. Right, which is really important. And we also have a full show on that recasting. So if you haven't listened to both the original valuation show and the recasting show, which I think are episodes, what was it, three and four, um, those are definitely episodes that you're going to want to go back and listen to because this is kind of like the 201 version that we're building on evaluations during this episode. Yeah, we have a great show today. Let's get to it. Sounds great. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome back, everybody. And I have a very special guest. I have Ron West from Business Brokerage Press. And he also owns a company called Deal Studio. And they also produce a manual called the Business Reference Guide. And today we are talking about about rules of thumb. And the Business Reference Guide is the Bible of, of rules of thumb. And so uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring Ron on and, uh, you know, I know his family. Uh, Tom West is a legend in the business brokerage business. Uh, and so is his mom, Barbara. But, you know, Tom is, a, uh, and Ron is the second generation of this great business brokerage family. And and uh, Ron, even before I get started, I always say about your dad I, that, that if they built a Mount Rushmore of uh, business brokerage, uh, your dad would be the first one on there. So, uh, welcome, and uh, you know, why don't you give us a little bit about a, a little bit of a history about the uh, business reference guide, and you know, tell us what you're doing today. Yeah, well, so thank you so much for having us, uh, having me on today, and and uh, you know, our family goes back uh, the involvement in the industry to 1929 is what we say. It was my great grandfather who had moved out to California to do real estate and, and business brokerage uh, to kind of meet all the growing things that were going on in California and. And, uh, and then his son eventually took in, uh, my grandfather took over uh, the Wright Company, it was called. And they did, again, they did real estate and business brokerage. And uh, my father went to go work for my grandfather. And they ended up marrying his uh, daughter. And uh, that became kind of third generation. And uh, then I kind of became the fourth generation to be involved in this industry. 
Um, Dad had grown a company in California at about 54 offices uh, called United Business Investments. And he was approached by George Nattis, who started Boston Market. Uh, he was looking for business opportunities and was exploring those with my dad. And and uh, he he stumbled across business brokerage and said, I think this might be the thing I'm looking to invest in. And so he uh, asked my father to move from from California to Massachusetts to start up um, a franchise of business brokerage firms in the late 70s. And uh, so dad did that. He grew that to about 350 offices when he left in 1983. Um, and at that point, uh, doing some consulting and some side work, uh, he decided to start what has become Business Brokerage Press. Um, and he also, at the same year, was one of the founders of the International Business Brokers Association. And uh, so in the early days, they had five children combined. And... Uh, they needed to, to kind of grow this little company from a monthly newsletter that they were doing to business brokers and expand that. So he got into uh, doing consulting and traveling and training, um, and he came up with these source books, and, and they would they would just come up with new things uh, to kind of, you know, service provider probably wasn't even a term then, but they were a service provider to the industry, and they were just developing anything. And they would just come up with a bunch of different things uh, to see, you know, how they could make some money. Uh, quite honestly, and, and, and kind of take what dad had been using in the past and, and, and offering forms and, and, and checklists and, and uh, tools and tips. And, and, and at that time, it was all before computers. And and, uh, and so he, he came up with the, the – we're actually working on our 30th edition of the Business Reference Guide. Wow, 30 uh, years. That's crazy. And, yeah, 30 years. This will be the 30th edition, so they'll have uh, a gold cover. I don't know, but uh, – uh, it all started uh, with actually probably only a few rules of thumb. I think it really literally was a handful of rules of thumb padded with a bunch of uh, industry data, number of businesses, how many would be selling and how many brokers there were and all the demographic information. And in the midst of that was these rules of thumb that he would compile from people that were kind of an expert in an industry. And uh, so he would, you know, he just kind of threw out the first one. I always tell him, uh, I'm so thankful that you know put the year on the front cover because before there was recurring revenue and all these models that you have today, he was developing an early version of something that would be updated every year. Not every three to four years, not, you know, a version here and there, but every year. And, and, and uh, unbeknownst to him, uh, these rules of thumb that were kind of packed in the midst of this um, became the thing that really... I drew a lot of interest, and so he quickly. You know, some things kind of would come and go, but business reference that always was this escalating tool that they had. And when they stopped managing the IBDA um, and could put all of their attention to business brokerage press, the business reference that really became kind of its own thing, and it became bigger and bigger. And what developed was a network of professionals, mostly business brokers, but also people that were experts in a certain industry that would provide information um, about that industry, specifically rules of thumb. And that network just kind of grew and grew, and, and we decided that they would, we would, and we have a website now called industryexpert.net, and you can join to become an industry expert. You can look for an industry expert, uh, look at that directory um, by industry. And you can call those people. These are, are these, these are people that can help you um, with the details of a deal. Um, they're also the contributors of a lot of the information. 
uh, in the book now. And, and so we ask them to fill out a questionnaire every year. And in exchange, they get to use an industry expert designation logo. They get to be in our directory. They get seen as an expert, and they kind of utilize that in their marketing, and, and they promote the fact that they're an expert from us. Um, and, you know, some of them are uh, – that's all they do. They only sell bowling alleys or restaurants or manufacturing businesses. Others, hey, I've just done enough of these that I've kind of become an expert, but it's not like the only thing I sell. And and so that book has just grown, and it got to a point where we just said it can't really be bigger. Um, we're running out of pages. And so a lot of that other stuff kind of got removed and it became a book that was just rule of thumb and industry information, benchmarks, et cetera. And so it has just kind of grown and grown in size. And actually, when I got out of college, I did some business brokerage with dad under the name Generation. And, um, and uh, I was into technology kind of early on. We didn't have a website in the late 90s, you know, all this was coming about and and so I had this early idea of saying, hey, this is really more of an online database that you're building. It's more of a, it could be a subscription uh, where people get access to this information online. So we came, came up with a uh, business, VRG uh, online is what we called it internally. But it's just a business reference guide online. It's, uh, if you go to businessreferenceguide.com, you'll see the print and the online. And you could do a monthly or an annual subscription. And so I just kind of said, hey, let's, and, and so we kind of took that data now um, you actually have more information on the online than you can fit in the book. And obviously, the most important stuff is, is in both. Um, and, and now it's searchable. You can print out reports that are branded with your company that you can present to clients or prospects. And so, uh, and it's updated throughout the year. It's not a, a, you know, the print edition is printed. We produce it in the fall and uh, release it every January. Uh, so the 2000. Uh, 20 will come out next January. Right. And uh, so that's kind of where all of that began. And it kind of just took on a life of its own. And it, it was the first thing, really the only thing that we did for business brokers that then kind of went beyond business brokers. It was something that then uh, the bankers and the attorneys and CPAs, um, the consultants um, got wind of. And so that kind of expanded something that started for business brokers um, into a whole nother world. So we have a relationship now with the AICPA for the online edition and, um, and with other groups like that. Um, uh, we have companies that resell the data um, or the book. And yeah. so it's just kind of become its own thing like that. Yeah. So it's a, it's an incredible resource for business brokers. And of course, you know, it's kind of required reading by all of us at Transworld. And we certainly use it as a tool. You know, it's not the only valuation methodology that we use, but it's certainly a gut check. So, yeah. And you mentioned that you have a lot of CPAs and you have a lot of people using it. It's really become, you know, somewhat of a, even beyond the, you know, the, uh, the experts, the, you know, the, the certified valuations, it's certainly not part of a certified valuation, but they actually still use it, right? Yeah, and it's actually it's actually been used in a lot of court cases. We we sell a lot of old books because an attorney will say, Hey, the other side has the two thousand five, I need the two thousand five. So we actually keep them just for that purpose. So it's wow. actually been rules of thumb have been um, seen as a recognized uh, multiple uh, for valuation. I think you have the other end of that that the rule of thumb is, is meant to be a sanity check, a rule of thumb. And I think sometimes 
Uh, people can see it as evaluation maps, but that's never been our intent. Um, certainly, somebody can get lazy and use it that way. Uh, but it's really a gut check. It's a it's an initial starting point. It's a sanity check, um, and it's never been. Um, and, and then, if you really want to dig in deeper, obviously you've you've got comp databases. One great thing I think people probably don't take advantage of enough is the directory of our experts to call them and say, "Hey, what do you think?" Because there's a variance. I mean, some people, um, you know, some of our best experts, you know. You hands down, you wouldn't even question. You probably could use it as evaluation, <laughs> but right, others, right, you know, let's sure. say, look, I a handful of these, um, um, and, and you always have to be careful of that we also, you know, we want to make sure people wear. Hey, look, this, it is what it is. It's it, it's not meant to be something other than that. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely grown in its recognition, recognition and its use. Um, one thing we're actually adding is PBR uh, um, has a, uh, what they now call deal stats or deal comp is the new name for Pratt Stats. And um, we actually are now pulling, we actually, the, the thing we're working on right now that will be released in a few months is summary data pulled. So we're pulling that new rule of thumb from that comp database as another point that will be available. That, that's um, great. And so we are looking for new data sources um, without losing kind of the um, the simplicity that it, it has. So we're not looking to, um, we have a relationship with Ibis World where we use a lot of their research and information uh, right. within it to kind of flesh it out a bit more. But it's always been the rules of thumb that has driven um, the guide. And uh, But where we don't have an industry expert, those comp databases and the summary rule of thumb that we can pull from their comp database is going to allow us to add new industries that we haven't had an expert in um, right. well, and there's give people a, another data point. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of industries. Do you know how many industries are in there? I think we've got like 605 right now. And that's also another thing to point out is not just, uh, it's also franchises. So a lot of those, I mean, not a lot, but there's a good number of franchises in there as well. So it's yep. industries and franchises. I've seen some of the franchises and including some of the United Franchise Group franchises, which I'm a part of uh, have their own uh, section or their own uh, data yep. point. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's a great tool and we use it a lot. And, uh, we certainly thank your family for being a part of and uh, keeping it going. And, uh, and and you have taken it to the next level, that technology level that we all appreciate being going online and, and, and drafting reports. And, you know, obviously it's a, it, it's a good place for uh, sellers and buyers to perhaps ask their business brokers to get a a, a print out of that. And, uh, you know, here at Transworld, we can certainly provide that. And so it is a gut check and it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice to have as well. Uh, it, it doesn't replace everything, including competition, including earnings, including trends, but it's certainly a great data point to have. So, um, Ron, you know, we could talk all day, I know, but, you know, uh, kind of up against the, uh, time marker here, but, We'd love to have you again someday and we'll talk more about this and maybe dive more into some of the other things that you do. But, you know, thanks so much again for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Hey, we're back with deal of the week and we have Joe Santora of Transworld Business Advisors of the Triad. If you don't know where that is, that's in North Carolina. North Carolina. So uh, we have Joe here talking about a deal, and it's a very interesting deal. Uh, there's a lot of business in the pet industry, so I'm going to let Joe talk about it. 
So we just closed on a mobile grooming pet franchise. They had uh, 10 vans outfitted with uh, air conditioning, and they do all the uh, grooming on site at the people's homes. Uh, very good business model, strong clientele base, and had about an 85% uh, retention rate on their clients. And they were about at maximum capacity, and the owner was ready to retire, and it was time for somebody else to come in and expand the operation. It was a very large territory, and uh, that just sold on the first of the month for 450000 Seller's discretionary earnings were around 150000 Wow, that's a strong multiple. But, it, you know, obviously a good brand. And uh, how is it financed? So that one we had to get creative with. It was SBA financed, but we wound up having to do some seller note on a two-year standby in order to be able to get the deal done. Great. So uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Joe, what's the best way to get in touch with you? They can reach me at 336-355-0250 or triad at tworld.com. That's T-R-I-A-D at tworld.com. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, we're back with Listing of the Week, and we have Joe Santora, from Transworld Business Advisors of the Triad. And he's got an interesting uh, listing this week to talk about. And certainly in a very, it's a big business uh, in the gun industry. So uh, Joe, take it away. Sure, yeah, we've got, uh, we just listed a multi-location gun store in North Carolina. I cannot disclose the specific cities at this time. Uh, One of the locations, the optional real estate is available. And uh, the uh, first store was opened around 12 years ago. The secondary store has been around for four years. It's 100% absentee owner, which is definitely an interesting model. And they have uh, FFL and SOT license for both locations. Great. How much is it going for? The businesses are listed for 590000 The real estate is available for 369000 and that does not include inventory. Estimated inventory value is around uh, 760000 And what's the current SDD? Current SDE for both locations is uh, right at around 200000 Great. Sounds like a good deal. How best to get in touch with you if someone wants to move to North Carolina? 336-355-0250. Or try it at tworld.com. Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.